Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. It's time for a transition in the Bible overview. We're going to transition between the book of 2 Samuel and 1 Kings today, and we're going to start the transition between David and his successor, Solomon. And so what we see in 1 Kings chapter 1 is uh, Solomon's son, Adonijah. I'm sorry, David's son, Adonijah. It's his fourth son. The first three sons, Amnon and Absalom, first and third, and the second son, Chiliab, I believe his name is, are all gone. And so Adonijah is the fourth son. It seems to make sense that Adonijah would be the successor to King David, and he begins to set himself up as such. There's a little bit of a rift within the people of Israel, within the kingdom. And so some of the people go with Adonijah, expecting that he'll be the king, and a few people are still kind of hanging out with David. Adonijah is kind of trying to usurp David, his father, and kind of make the decision for who will be next on the throne, namely himself, rather than waiting for David to make that decision. David is about to die. He can't stay warm. He's basically on his deathbed. And a couple of David's trusted people, Nathan and uh, Benaiah and another priest and Bathsheba, are saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Adonijah is setting himself up as king. And Bathsheba says, you promised me when we had Solomon that Solomon would be the one to sit on the throne. And so Nathan and Bathsheba, which you remember their history, David committed adultery with Bathsheba and Nathan called David out for that. So they have had an interesting relationship in the past and and I'm sure it's full of nuance and intrigue. And, and so they are appealing to King David just before he dies you need to make Solomon the king and put down Adonijah and his desire with all these other people to be king. So in verse 28 of chapter 1, the king answered, then King King David answered, call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king, and the king swore, saying, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity. As I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, even so will I do this day. And Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king, said, May my Lord King David live forever. And it goes on from there. And eventually Solomon, by the end of chapter 1, is anointed king, and Adonijah and his people are basically served notice that uh, what they did wasn't cool. And I couldn't help but remember or be reminded by all the times so far throughout Scripture where the thing that seems most likely doesn't happen and the thing that seems least likely happens. You remember Isaac and Ishmael. Abraham's first son was Ishmael. And you would expect that the promise, the Abrahamic covenant, would be passed down through his first son, Ishmael, but these crazy circumstances arise, and God gives the promise through Isaac. Then Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and it's obvious that Esau is going to be the one who gets the blessing, except Esau sells his birthright in a moment of weakness and stupidity. And at the end of Isaac's life, his 
uh, wife conspires with the second son, Jacob, to trick Isaac into giving the blessing to Jacob, and the blessing goes through Jacob. You never would have expected that to happen, but that's exactly the way God played it out. Then you can go a little bit fast forward into 1 Samuel when David is anointed king. You remember Samuel went to find a king from among Jesse's sons and all the sons line up and they're impressive and all this stuff. And Jesse says, it's not going to be, or, or Samuel says, it's not going to be any one of these guys. Are you sure there's not another brother? They say, well, yeah, there's David. I mean, he's out in the pasture, you know, taking care of the sheep. It's not like anyone is going to take him seriously. But as it turns out, that is exactly the guy, the least likely one who God wants to be king. And here we have this situation with Solomon and Adonijah. It makes sense that Adonijah would be the king. Solomon ends up being anointed as the next king. And all these sovereign moves of God affect the redemptive plan throughout history. should be no surprise when Jesus shows up on the scene. The, the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Jewish leaders at the time, they should know this history. And so they should somewhat expect that when Jesus shows up, he's not going to fit their expectation because the thing that we expect is never the thing that happens. It's always the least likely thing. But they have a very hard time accepting that with Jesus. In fact, many of them never do. And then we fast forward to ourselves. How likely is it that God would rescue us, you, me, from our sin, from our depravity, from our wayward trajectory, from our disobedience and our rebellion against God, the natural condition that we and everybody else is born into, how unlikely is it that he would rescue us and use us for his work? Truly amazing. Talked to a woman yesterday. We were talking about the Old Testament and how much we love it. And I was telling her, doing these daily dose devotions, has exposed me on a regular and, and deeper way to the Old Testament, and I love it. She said, you know, I used to think of all these Old Testament stories as kind of separate, isolated stories. They're inspiring and amazing, but they're mostly unrelated. Noah's Ark, you know, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, David and Goliath, whatever it is. She says, I've learned that this is all part of God's script from the very beginning all the way through Scripture to bring us Jesus Christ, to bring us to salvation through faith in him and even beyond scripture into our very lives. I hope that you through faith in Christ are part of God's script. I hope that you're increasingly investing your time and talents and resources in being part of what he is calling you to do, what he has been doing since the beginning of time. What a privilege to be part of his family and his work. Lord, thank you for rescuing us and using us against all odds. Help us to be more effective for your kingdom in Christ's name. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry.
please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.